Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cami. Hello, Cami. Hello, Bryant. How is it going today? Absolutely fantastic. How are you? I am also fantastic because it is episode two of our show, Mystery, where every week we take a tale or myth or legend and then we give you that story and then some of the history behind it. Now, a little disclosure here for episode two, because we sound like super pros, and it's because we are. Because <laughs> when we originally uh, published this episode in uh, this and the first episode in uh, or September of 2019, and it is not September, it is July of 2020, uh, the, the, we're thankful to say that the podcast is growing, and we felt that... The echo chamber that we recorded the first two episodes in uh, doesn't show the quality of our work. So we kept the same topics for the first shows, and we're going to make the first shows available just so people can laugh and point at our early mistakes. Um, but this is just a little disclosure. This is a re-recording of episode two. So, Cammy, what was episode two? What did we talk about? Was it something we Greek? Talk- no, it it actually wasn't something Greek. It was uh, Norse mythology. We spoke about Thor and Thor's hammer specifically. Cami, what if I told you that I can make Norse mythology Greek? I can't wait to find out how you're gonna. Do yeah, that. it's gonna. Yeah, tune in because I'm I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> All right, Cami. So hit us with the story of that beautiful red-haired man and his hammer. Okay. And his dick of a brother. Sure. <laughs> so I, my sources are norsemythology.org and Wikipedia. Loki, always the trickster, starts our story by cutting off Sif's hair. Sif was married to Thor, and Thor was very unhappy with Loki for doing this. He was so upset, in fact, that he threatened to break all of Loki's bones. But the prankster god put on the charm and said there was no need for that. He could simply replace her hair. He knew of just the blacksmiths to call. You see, there were two dwarves who could make anything the gods requested. And Loki decided, once he saw the lovely wig they had made for Sif, to ask for other items to lessen his punishment once he returned to his fellow gods. The first on his list was a mighty ship that could be folded so small it could fit inside a pocket. The ship was called Sklidvadnir. He then requested they make a spear called Gunir. Loki doesn't think these few marvels will be enough to save his bones, so he goes to a second set of dwarves, Brocker and Sindri, and shows off the hall. He then tells the blacksmiths that he will bet his head that they could not surpass the craftsmanship of the other dwarves. Proud as dwarves are, they took the bet. Sindri sets to make a golden boar called Gildenbursty. It could light any path in the pitch dark. They then both work on a ring which will replicate itself by eight every nine nights. Loki can see the progress is going a little too well, so he turns himself into a horsefly to pester the dwarves at work. When they start on their final piece, Loki bites Brockner on his eye, and the blood runs down so thickly he cannot see. Brocker finishes the hammer, called Mjolnir, but with a single flaw, the handle was comically short. Once finished, the items were handed over for inspection. 
Loki claimed the hammer was what lost them the competition, but the dwarves asked that the other gods have a say. Loki reluctantly agreed. He called the gods together, together and gave the wig to Sif, the hammer to Thor. Odin received the ring and the spear, and Freyr was given the ship and the boar. All of the gods decided that Loki had lost the bet, so they bequeathed his head to the blacksmiths. But Loki had a backup plan. He claimed that he had offered his head, but not his neck. Therefore, they could not claim their prize. Brocker and Sindri were so put out by Loki's trickery of language that they sewed his mouth shut. And that was all we ever had problems with from Loki, right? That's That was it? Yeah, that was, was the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one and only time. Right. Yeah, I love that story. I, um, I uh, last summer, I think it was, I had listened to Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology, and his telling of the story is really cool. And you do a very good job with it too. But it's it's fun, <laughs> it's fun to think about. Um, so th- these stories are really fun. Norse Norse mythology is a really fun history because or a cultural sort of hit past. It's it's not a religion with a text. Um, it's not really a practiced religion today. Although I'm sure there's some kid out there who's like, I love Thor. Um, <laughs> but it's still extremely important and influential today i i liked the one thing i love about it the most and what kind of like neil gaiman talks about in in his book is the importance of the skjald or skalds which is basically a poet and it's it's you know the the vikings these people uh, saying viking isn't super correct but the, the people of germania and scandinavia they had to deal with harsh winters where they just had to stay inside play games and tell stories and 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 i you can just tell like someday you're bored it's too dark to play outside and throw things at each other so you go inside and then your scald uncle is drunk enough to tell you the story of how mjolnir was made and he is just spitballing it and he's like yeah and look you turn into a fly and bit your eye and you know so that's what i like to think about with these stories well so there is no text but there is important sources and well, one kind of major person. So there's this dude, uh, Snorri Sturluson. Sturluson is perhaps the most important kind of uh, figure when it comes to it. He's an Icelandic historian, and he was born around 1179, so uh, AD. So, so where we have, you know, pre-AD texts for many other religions, there's really nothing like that here. Uh, and, and to explain sort of the importance of Thor and the Norse and things like that. But again, you can see it, the importance because it's everywhere around us, like Thursday, Thor's day. Um, uh, all like uh, the other days of the week are also Friday, uh, is fr- like Freya or Frigga, um, super uh, ultra important and encompassing. So Snorri was an interesting guy. And, and I, I, when I was a kid and I started looking into Norse mythology, I, I was just so into the stories and going down the Wikipedia rabbit hole that I never really paid attention to this stuff, but it, it is really important to, to see it because it's, it's really where we get the, the, the main accounts that we have today, the main sort of like how the stories are straight. Cause again, these are just stories. There, there's no one true way to kind of tell them. And I like uh, Neil Gaiman's take on it is really like what Snorri did. Snorri basically compiled all the stories and gave them to you in a, in a palatable way in a way that you'd want to actually read them. Uh, and that's what Neil did. He he took 
liberties with the stories. They may not be like correct in the way that they would have been told, but he made them he made them interesting. And I think that's the most important thing is that these stories are, are meant to be interesting uh, and and fun. So just a little like uh, history too. I, I like to give a little fake history lesson. So the the Viking Age is said to be around from 793 to 1066 AD. The migration period, which is when all those dudes from Scandinavian Germania were like, is that Europe? Let's go check it out. Uh, was 375 <laughs> to 568-ish. So it's important because when we say Norse mythology, it, it's really more like Scandinavian mythology. Odin, Thor, they were known by other names by lots of different people. Um, I actually just recently found out Donner, like the reindeer, Donner, mm-hmm. that's a German word for Thor. It's like a German name for Thor. Really? Yeah, and Thor, I mean, Thor, Tor, Donner, all these languages, um, Frisian, Norse, Old Norse, um, Danish, Old English, they were all pretty similar, too. I, I really like uh, Bernard Cornwell's Saxon series is a really fun book series that takes uh, – it's like set in the late 800s when Alfred, uh, uh, the Anglo-Saxon, kind of ousted most of the Vikings, tamed a lot of them, and, and kind of – set up what was going to be England, but it, it does a really cool job of injecting the like Viking influence on the Anglo-Saxons because the Anglo-Saxons at this point were all Christianized. And that's another important thing. So the, the Christianization of Scandinavia kind of rides from the 8th until the 12th century. Pretty much by the 12th century, the major countries and kingdoms were Christian. So in the end, Christianity won. And it's you'll you'll hear the term or you'll see the term old gods a lot. And it's because in this time, that's how they would refer them. Because it wasn't smooth. It wasn't a smooth transition. It wasn't just like, you know, go over. I mean, if you look at like our traditions, like Christmas and the Yule, Easter, all of these are old pagan traditions that have roots in this Scandinavian mythology. And, you know, it's hard to kind of tell people to drop it so instead you kind of spin it you know to make it work for christianity anyway yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the yule episode that we did yeah yeah so it's it's really cool and what's awesome about snorri is so he he wrote he wrote a bunch of stuff he was a great poet lawyer chieftain this dude lived a life um he was assassinated in the end it's crazy he i mean this dude's wild but he was an awesome gifted poet um he his reasoning was so the, it's the prose edda composed around 1220 and it it was basically so so cami i'm gonna put you on the spot um the aeneid sure who wrote it virgil uh or do you remember we're on what time uh, it was like the turn of bc to ad yeah like like 2080 or something like that yeah something and, and do, do you remember why he wrote it yeah, it was to boost the legitimacy of Caesar. His bloodline. Yes. That's what Snorri did, basically. He he was so it's really funny. The prose edda is essentially it's it's confirming the bloodlines of Icelandic kings, and it's also confirming the history. It's 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 actually also like a, a text that you can reference for like vocabulary and it, it, it comments on writing and things like that. It's it's wild. It's it's a multifaceted book and, and it's kind of crazy. So at the beginning of the episode, I said, what if I told you that Norse mythology is Greek or whatever? That was my fun little plug. Well, that's because in the prose Edda, Snorri 
he proposes i'm gonna quote this a little directly i'll go over my sources in a minute but this is kind of from wikipedia um directly he proposes the north the norse gods were historical leaders and kings tracing back to king priam do you know who king priam is cammy uh yes but you did put me on the spot king of troy yeah that's right okay. not not king of troy 200 ad or 1200 ad Wait, or whatever back. yeah like like 8000 bc like right. like homer doesn't even <laughs> believe in king priam like homer of of 12th century bc was like this dude's not real um he he posits that king priam had a kid and that kid was uh basically like uh, odin and then the the these kids had kids like thor and that and then they just went to sweden and iceland and norway and germany and then boom that's how you have those people so i had no idea wow isn't, isn't that <laughs> that's insane crazy. Awesome. Isn't that like legitimately insane? This dude in the 12th century is like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Prove me wrong. Try it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's really cool. I, I, it blew my mind when I kind of realized that I never actually connected that, and it, it's not really like pumped up as a big deal. But I, that seems like a huge deal to me. Now there's no other like connecting source. I think Story is the only one who posited this, and so that's why it's probably really silly. But um, it's just really cool. So. That is an explanation. That is an intro to the the modern sort of way that we we have Norse mythology in source wise. Okay, it goes it goes on beyond that though. Um, Thor, Odin, Tyr, the god T Y R, the god of war. Um, all of these guys and gals were really important gods again, for such a huge encompassing area. And and you can see it all over Germany, England, Sweden, Scandinavia. There's tons of uh, monuments to Thor. Tons of things are named after Thor and Odin. And so it's, it's super injected even after Christianity took over and snuffed out these cultures when they weren't like able to really integrate it. It still heavily remained in these cultures. And it's, it's really cool to see. And, and Mjolnir is another really cool sign of that. So super famous hammer of Thor. It's it's as old as Thor. It's this um, – yeah, it's this, this, this nice rectangular hammer with a very short uh, handle um, that is said to be able to change its shape. Um, so it can, it can grow really big or I guess get really tiny if you ever wanted it to. Um, the, you know, the Marvel series uh, kind of have a really cool depiction of it. Um, they kind of note that the it looks a little weird. They make a joke about that, and it has the ability to kind of make Thor fly. Well, he doesn't have that. He he doesn't fly with his hammer in in the tradition. He has goats to help him with that, of course. So, uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> so the cool thing is is Thor's hammer was definitely a, a symbol that that the the peoples the Scandinavian peoples would wear. And there, a lot of the the evidence that we have is from the like uh, around the 10th and 11th century, so after the Christianization. So we we find like tombs where people were buried with a, a ring or a, a necklace that had like Thor, similar to how like you'd wear a cross. And there's also um, like a ring of Thor's hammers that uh, they would excavate. So it's kind of like it looks like a, a giant keychain ring with hammers on it. So like a, like you know like the big comically big janitor's keys that you'd see in yeah. the movie and they would just have a bunch of Thor's hammer emblems on it and things like that. Um 
but there is uh, – it's really cool to see that there's actually even older sources that go to as early as the 8th century where people were, were buried with this because originally there was an idea that there, it was a counterculture to the Christians. So like you know, the Vikings, they go to England. They see all these uh, weak peasants wearing crosses. They kill them, and they're like, that's not cool. Put a cross – or put a Thor hammer on there, and that's how that, that happened. They didn't think it necessarily innately happened, but it looks like it might have. It might have been – uh, a thing, and I don't know if it could have inspired the other way around. I don't know how long Christian cross wearing goes. Oh, that's crazy. See, now I have something to look up on Wikipedia later. <laughs> um, but it's cool um, that, that the idea of that. So beyond that, I mean, like Thor, it, it's it's pretty wild. Another great source that we have is the uh, the book from or the account from the ancient historian Tacitus. He wrote this piece called Germania, which is sort of where we get the Roman name uh, for for Germany, Germania, that area. Um, Tacitus, he was around 5680 to 120 AD, and he wrote about uh, in Germania. He he wrote an account of the the barbarians, the Germanic barbarians that they were dealing with. Um, that totally wouldn't be a problem a few years later. And he, in his account in Germania, he actually writes that. Uh, the, he mentions that the the, the Germanic people uh, worship the gods. They, they they highly covet Mercury, Hercules, and Mars, and that. So he's sort of um, he's he's putting the Roman sort of idea. So Mercury's Mercury, Hercules, and Mars, those are basically Odin, Thor, and Tyr. And he he recognizes that. Like oh well, Mars, god of war. That's they they call him Tyr, we call him Mars. Uh, Hercules, this awesome dude that's relatable, that's Thor. Mercury, this very important encompassing being, that's obviously Odin, vice versa. So it, it, even in this first or second century account, we we do have a a, a Roman account of them referencing it. Um, it's really really cool. So so even the Romans could see how important it was uh, to to these these people uh, before they you know got completely Christianized and things like that. That's that's kind of it in a nutshell. You know, uh, Snorri Sturluson is the the twelfth, thirteenth century account, the medieval account that really brings in a lot of stuff. That that's our our best source that goes to it, and and his works really gave us a huge outlook into the history. I mean, the the works that he wrote were really important. They they not only talked about sort of the history of these myths uh, and giving us the stories like the cut Loki cutting Sif's hair. We, we, I'm pretty sure we get that straight from the prose out of that's, that's the source for that um, as well as certain other things. But the, the, the Norse mythologist, the Scandinavian, it, it didn't have a, it had a runic writing system, but they, they didn't have people who were logging stuff um, like the Christians were like, it wasn't important to them. It was just about taking over the world for the most part. So, <laughs> Uh, another uh, little thing too uh, that kind of made this important and, and likely prompted a story was uh, Saint Olaf. He is uh, Olaf the Second of Norway from 995 to 1030. He was someone who uh, w- was famous for Christianizing, and a lot of during that process, a lot of like Thor's stories sort of got interjected on him, and like of, of feats of strength and things like that, but they were they were kind of put like to make it PG for Christianity to make sense and and to to be good with it. I was gonna say kosher. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> to work out with that and 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 in Snorri's work, he also he kind of he yeah the, the Heimskringla, uh, history of the Norwegian kings. 
from their descent from the wizard, the warrior wizard god Odin, down to this dude Magnus Erlingsson, uh, who was around in 1184, so just just before Snorri, essentially. So Snorri it looks like he really wanted to make 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 Norse the Norse stories okay, like say like no uh, Priam, Odin, all that they were real. They were there. We come from them, but it's all Christian kosher. You know, it's all we're all good. And and this is uh, uh, I'm going to end on this this concept. I, I, it's funny because we've talked about it in other shows. Euhemerism. Are you familiar with this? No. E u h e m e r. Euhemer um, was this uh, ancient Greek scholar. I don't know if he was Greek or Roman. I can't remember now. But it's euhemerism is this idea where you. So, so one example in the Wikipedia page is is that the tomb of Zeus is in Crete, which we just talked about in the first episode, and that uh, Euhemerus, that's it, yeah, ancient Greek dude, Euhemerus is the dude's name, and he argued that Zeus was a mortal king of Crete who died, and then after his death, because he was Crete was so awesome, Gnosis was so awesome, he just kind of got deified just from his life, and and it sparked up from there. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Essentially, and euhemerism has come up many, many times through Christianity and things like that, all all sorts of religions and things like that. And and Snorri's euhemerism is really important because that's exactly what he's doing when he's connect when he's tracing Odin Troy and uh, when he's connecting Norse mythology to the king to King Priam of Troy. That's euhemerism. He's he's trying to like take this myth and root it in fact, but it's weird because it's more like taking myth and rooting it in more myth. I don't know, but it's, it's really cool concept. It's, it's extremely important and it's well debated because it's, it, it, it's sort of like it recognizes things. And, and we've, we mentioned it in a later episode, the Gorgons, um, uh, how we, we, there's a connection between, they think like the attack of Medusa is related to an actual attack on a temple that used Gorgon right, iconography yeah. that there there's euhemerism there. And I, but it's funny cause I never actually saw it mentioned when we looked into that subject, but I think that's a good example of euhemerism where there's an attack on this temple. Uh, it, the temple's real. It's, it was attacked by Athenians or something like that. They use Gorgon imagery. The Athenians sack the temple for, I don't know, blasphemy or something. They come back or said, yep, we destroyed the, the Gorgon temple menace. And then that story gets told. And then that story gets told. And then like the game of telephone, it turns into, yeah, uh, we cut off Medusa's head. And there you go. So th- and there's Pegasus. Right. Yeah. And that, I guess that's kind of reverse euhemerism. Um, going from real to myth instead of myth to real. Anyway, really cool concept there, and and Snorri um, does a really good job of that. And I guess you could say Virgil's Aeneid is a good example of euhemerism as well, um, where it's it's trying to make these roots and these connections for for mythology in reality. So, um, yeah. In conclusion, Thor is really important and cool. Well, I think that's about enough scalding for today, Cami. Thank you so much for your story. Yeah, thank um, you for your research, Brian. Letting that was, me lab. <laughs> that was way more interesting than last time. Like, it I, was, was, I learned stuff. I I went uh, – the, the Wikipedia rabbit hole is a very real problem for me, and I went down it yesterday. Um, oh, uh, thank you, though. Hold on. That reminds me. My sources, because it wasn't just Wikipedia. I'm not just doing that. I mean, it's super important. So there's this great source – that I, I, I got to give a special shout out to. I, I did use ancient EU um, as well as the Britannica articles on Thor and Mjolnir, but this website, um, I'm going to, I'm not going to pronounce it right. Rotor Gazer. 
um, R-O-T-E-R, and then Gazer is G-E-Y-S-I-R dot net. It's this really awesome website that is run by or was created by this guy. Um, let me go to the about section. I'm going to call him out Sven. He is an archaeology student, um, and it's this really cool – it focuses a lot on like um, Indo-European Iron Viking Age archaeology interest that's where i got some of my that's where i got the information on the excavations of thor's hammers and things like that and where they found it there's a ton of other cool information in there when i when we do revisit norse mythology which we have but we will um i'll be back here there's it's cool it's it he's really nice about um letting this stuff be open source and they've got tons of cool resources on their maps and things like that i'm i'm really uh happy that i came across this so i'll put a link on it um in the the notes in case you want to play around because there's some really cool things there um and and uh just the the future of archaeology is always the craziest thing because you know one 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 finding can change so much like like that that woman they they found a woman with a, a hammer on her neck the 8th century that kind of that helps disprove the counter christian cross argument because that's kind of what they thought it would have been so anyway um yeah rotogazer.net cammy thank you so much for being here again and for the future episodes and everyone thanks for listening remember um, you can send in if you have any ideas of myths that you want us to go over mystery with an ie at gmail.com is a great way to get into us but we've got a facebook and instagram and technically reddit and all that cool stuff so please check us out um we're, we're really happy how far this show has come and yeah yeah and please rate review and subscribe if you're yes, on please apple or on stitcher which we're on now so yeah 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 we we're we're all out there so well cammy thanks again and i will see every we will see everyone next time